the Protect Your Neck Podcast, UFC Vegas 34 Breakdown. Picks, plays, and whatever else comes our way. Let's go to work. Hot air hangs like a dead man from a white oak tree. People sitting on porches thinking how things used to be. Dark night It's a dark night Dark night It's a dark night What is up, you savages? This is the Protect Your Neck Podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Tom. Analyst is working to find over at MMAJunkie.com, as well as at CheckerUS.com, but on this here program... The Protect Your Neck Podcast. We break down high-level MMA. That's what we're going to do here today, tonight, one of you are listening to this. Hopefully it's before the fight. Recording Thursday night here in Las Vegas time for hashtag UFC Vegas 34 or UFC on ESPN 29 or UFC Cannoneer vs. Gaslam or UFC Cannoneer vs. Gaslam, however you prefer. Uh, check the timestamps for when that breakdown starts as we will go from top to bottom as per usual. And I will also... Recap my picks and plays at the very end, as per usual, as I tend to get the analysis right about 30 minutes for a whole card in what I aim to be our episodes. We will see. I'm going to have some notes, even though there won't be a recap, because the last UFC card was recapped, though I will touch on a couple PFL and Bellator results, some shouts, and uh, more importantly, an explanation as far as the Missing episode, episode, episode from last week, uh, as well as um, why I'm going to be stepping down my activity massively, but this show will still be providing you um, a weekly presence. Yeah, so um, I'll try to get through this best as fast as I can without getting too sidetracked. Um, some things are connected. Some things aren't, like I wrote Ruvka, which, you know, unfortunately, shout out to TSOV Pod, one of the only, you know, one of the, one of the real realest ones, I should say, in this space, for sure. Um, Pulver shared an article about a co-founder there. I always figured it'd be PM Tenor, you know? Maybe you get something, like, out of left field, like, you know, Donnie Darko style, you get the Patrick Swayze, Kitty Porn Dungeon. No, it was the, uh, uh, it was, of course, of course it is. It was the uh, other co-founder, um... Uh, who fits the profile and uh, just you know went uh, speaking to QAnon went uh, went just went just crazy with that and uh, you know from stealing electoral ballots to uh, storming our beloved nation's capital so awesome Dan you know uh, as Dan Tom's girlfriend just bought him three Rufka stuff and a Rufka cooler and I have like half my wardrobe as you've seen the breakdown videos are Rufka clothing so. You know, at least with like BJ, like and and you know, I I could kind of like I, I which I have, you know, I, I banned him from the top fives. I, I disowned my fandom from him, you know. Uh, but you know, and they hired Rose, <laughs> of course, fucking Chud Rose. So yeah, I knew that was coming. Uh, so that's kind of unrelated, but I did write that down. Uh, and don't worry, I'm going to circle to the lost episode, 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 um, which I can't blame on. Um, Right-wing dog whistling or conspiracies uh, theories. Uh, it was my dumb ass, really. Uh, the ultimate reality, right? <laughs> of course, I used a program for that. Shout out to my man, Jay, at JayYork87, Jordan Killian, who still holds the title, folks, for most co-hosts on this show. Uh, my, one of my favorite co-hosts with the most is right there. Um, we finally did the Top 5 Japanese MMA f- uh, Fighters episode, and... Your boy here, uh, of course, uses like one of the few programs, uh, perhaps one of the only programs, it's the only one that I've used, that you can, I found out the hard way, you can mute yourself, but not the conversation. So instead of having that audit that you often hear on podcasts, uh, where it's like, uh, you're muted, bro, you're muted, uh, you know, as embarrassing as that is, it's at least a, uh, a fail safe, right? Whereas this did not, it allowed us to have a conversation completely unknowing that the recording was only picking up Jordan. So you're, you're missing me doing all my pedo Sean Connery stuff while, <laughs> while Jordan, uh, uh, you know, as a good co-host, uh, uh, plays along with the curveballs I throw him and 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 does it better than than my, my shelf. 
Jordan is a gem, of course, and is down to re record it. We'll probably do that sooner than later because, of course, the Contender series will be starting and running us into October or November. Who knows? I don't know. All I know is watching, consuming, and having to write about that extra show midweek will make it much harder to squeeze in top five podcasts into the breakdown flow, especially with what I alluded to before. Um, which is, and not just because of that, I just feel like anything Asian fucking related, uh, traditional martial arts related was just taking a, taking a hit last week and just this to this week, you know, like RIP Sonny Chiba to uh, last week, RIP my uncle, um, Sifu Andrew Lum. He didn't die last week, by the way. I just stumbled upon it while I was researching for a podcast that I'm going to do about traditional martial arts. Shout out to Iggy and, and uh, Tuman uh, and the Tangredome, uh, one of my favorite podcasts since it started and still uh, is, as it just released another awesome show with Nate Corey interview. Go check that out. But yeah, um, we're going to do a part two on traditional martial arts, um, not to fill in holes because you, you they did a, a they did a great job and. B, it's such a broad fucking topic. Um, so I'm just going to be adding on, adding on my experiences, adding on some historical things, uh, Asian-American perspectives to kind of get that representation of the mix. Uh, I know my man up in Canada, Julian, will be on that show as well. Um, and as well as Hawaii, how it ties into Kempo, traditional martial arts, slash really American martial art history in an important time. Um, which would have been great to have important people who were alive at that time. Um, again, hence the RIP Sifu Andrew Lum, um, who was super respected even by the younger generation, wasn't a woo-woo martial artist, uh, mainly did Tai Chi, but also, of course, uh, was a kung fu man uh, and came amongst the... was brought about that age where, like... Uh, Matosi and, you know, guys who kind of took and popularized it. Ed Park, of course, more familiar name. Um, you know, and anyways, and that's a whole other story. Ah, another. <laughs> Speaking of the Rufka co-founder, wow, another, another, uh, <laughs> another sketchy white dude taking things from Hawaii. Anyways, okay, anyway, sorry. Um, as I lose more listeners, it's okay, folks, I'm. I'm a half white guy too, and I'm, I'm. By the way, I'm guilty of like a, a lot of this shit, um, if not all of this shit, you know. Um, of that, I'm. I'm going to complain about, which is part of the reason why uh, I'm going to take this time away so I can focus on myself rather than justified or not. Um, continually complain and complain to you guys and complain to myself and those around me. Uh, I'm really just going to tune out the bullshit and the space that seemingly. I don't want to say he doesn't want me because you guys are listening and I love you guys. But the seemingly ceiling of the mass majority that only wants me for a certain thing and or just doesn't acknowledge me at all never will. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, sorry if I'm jumping around here. But yeah, it just, it, it's, you know, so uh, I fucked up the podcast. Uh, I'll still be able to bring some some solid stuff to the uh, Tangra Gnome show. Uh, not a lot of first-hand stuff, unfortunately, now. And that's obviously, you know, not... Uh, I'm obviously much more bummed out about losing an uncle than a... You know, stories for a podcast. Don't get it twisted. But uh, it just kind of is just, you know, from traditional martial arts, just how it's talked about. Um, from people... Uh, I respect the big organizations um, that focus on it. Uh, it just, it all just bums me out. And I feel like I can't look at any kind of social media without getting bummed out, which is why I, um, again, like I said, or I think I said, it's my second time recording it, deleted a bunch of my social medias, minus my Facebook, because again, I had that kind of like, it, like meeting and, you know, uh, with my old friends. And uh, that was nice, although, you know, again, they reminded me I was fat, which was nice. Um, so yeah, man, it just, it just sucks across the board and you know seeing the same type of people being chosen for these positions even though they have no connection or no experience in it um and and, and it just really makes i've not that i ever felt like my black belts meant a shit uh, in taekwondo or kempo karate chinese kempo 
but you know I, I worked my ass off for them I, I traveled I did tournaments on regional national levels traveled to China multiple times um, and you know the fact that grappling is just as if not more and relevantly so more problematic than all the things you can point to which there are things and I definitely don't won't deny them by the way I can speak about them firsthand and plan to we'll save those for Tengradome but um but yeah and the, the art that you're trying to get your third black belt in is just as problematic with fucking you know from you know racism right-wing conspiracies to sex abuse and grooming um and whether it's the sex abuse on women to, uh, you know, things I can more understand and relate to as a, as a male slash person of color, persons of color, it's tough explaining the sky is blue. And again, something I've been guilty of too, folks. But now that I've been experiencing it more and more from the other side, it really annoys the piss out of me and has awoken me to it. Of the, well, that person was nice to me. Well, I, I heard about it, but I never saw evidence. Well, and you just make making ex the amount of people making excuses and who these people make excuses for are always the same types of people slash the same types of people that are not so coincidentally in roles or close to roles of power. And it's just gross, man. I'm just really disheartened with martial arts right now. Um, uh, good news for you gamblers out there who don't give a shit about this stuff and are probably ready to not listen. Uh, good news for you is part of my way I'm going to vent it by still working is I'm still going to be providing these breakdown shows and I'm just going to focus in on, on things I want to bet which will be more efficient because I'm really weeding out all this low level last minute shit this dangerous variable shit you know um, I, I need you know sample size and stylistic context I need both those things to somewhat line up so I think that'll actually help our overall results so don't you worry um but I'm going to be doing the kind of the bare minimum and not the bare minimum and the Homer Simpson. You just go to work with a smile on your face, doing a half-assed job. That's the American way. Uh, no, just like, just God forbid Dan Tom's going to finally work smarter and not harder and have more focused work. But yeah, and as I'm spraying the room out, Jerry Mag on the way out, Jerry Maguire style, if I've already said that or not, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it just, it just sucks. I've never felt like, you know, uh, the ranks I've earned, the, the the consistent work that I've put in over the years, means a shit. And um, and when you look at me, you know, fat Asian nerd and fucking I'm bitching all the time. So I get it. The fuck's gonna listen to me. So I'm just gonna step away from a space and a ceiling that just seems firm. And I don't care anymore, man. That's why it's something. That's why I said save the follows. And I'm not hating on the people who get those follows or have their channels, uh, at a, uh, and have achieved these goals. In fact, more power to you. You know, there's really good people out there. Um, and and follow them and support their work. I've shouted them out, um, especially the ones that still have me on their shows for whatever goddamn reason. Please support them. I'm not hating on them. It's more just me being bummed out on what people see of me. As the message has been sent with, you know, with everything. I'm not going to keep bitching about numbers, but it sucks because in the world of where we can't, the reason why I'm just going to still work is you can't afford to stop. You know, it's, it's the beauty of independent contractors in capitalistic society. But um, as independent contractors, more importantly and more relevantly, um, just like the fighters who I hope you guys, you know, support as much as you say, um, is that leverage is is pretty vacant out there you don't have much so when i'm bummed out about these numbers it's not because i tied my ego to it i'm just crying it's because sadly as stupid as those numbers are folks and even though it doesn't matter how big my numbers are uh, i'll still never be able to do things like call usc fight or maybe even call fights at this point which is fine you know that's i'll, I'll blame myself for that i'll take that um, is that as far as getting paid at the end of the day, getting opportunities, re-signings, different jobs, etc. All these things count for a lot, especially the stuff that shouldn't, sadly. Not my, fuck, 2023 will be 30 plus years of throwing punches and kicks in some form. Yes, breaks 
throughout, of course. But 20, but 20 to 30 years of throwing punches and kicks. All around the world, training from Marcelo's to the Shaolin fucking temple, Alliance, Extreme Couture, National Taekwondo, it's just nothing. It's how much fucking followers. It's just like this, who can talk shit? Who's got the Twitter game? Jake Paul, you know? And, and that's another thing. It's like all this, you know, Jake Paul talk and like, and it reminds me of Paris Hilton where it's just like, you know, we got to give him credit. He's pretty smart with his money. You know, he works hard for, to, to, to do his boxing thing. Like, oh, what? What? Privileged dude with a lot of money and opportunities? that, <laughs> Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're going we gonna to give him. We got an award for him wiping his own ass, too. Um, but yeah, anyways, side tangent, but yeah, it just, it doesn't mean much, you know, and, and seeing what type of people, which is not me, whether it's my credentials experience, the way I look, all these, all these check boxes, if you want to check them off, you can go ahead, be pretty consistent. Um, it's not me, man. And especially by character, because I can't help but keep my fucking mouth. I can't, I can't keep my mouth shut. Um, so I wrote sketchy journals. Uh, those will be the ones, the ones that gaslight people like me and others for bringing up stuff like the Rose Whaley situation, even though they don't want to say any more, even though I've been getting DMS about these people too, which I don't even want to say any more of that because even though I'm not a journalist again, I actually, I actually vet, <laughs> I actually try to vet my information. Again, not sure if I said this already, but we're just basing journalists on being honest, uh, uh, vetting honest and transparency, uh, vetting information, and calling out bullshit, whether it's unethical, racist, etc. I think I'd score pretty fucking high in my defense. But, again, I'm also guilty of a lot of stuff, like the making excuses, like, oh, that person was was nice to me. I didn't see that, you know. So, again, I'm, I'm just as guilty. So I'm going to work on me, folks. Sorry for last week's episode. I'm going to remake that. There's going to be a lot less of this talk, too, because I'm just going to be looking at less to be pissed off about less. And therefore, in theory, I will take up less of your and the podcast time with this bullshit. And it's not bullshit, but apparently it is. It feels like it is. And I don't know. I kind of just hate everybody right now. You know, I really do. Because you can't. I wrote the song, Swimming with the Sharks, which feels apropos to what I'm doing while working in the media space and for my band, Night Runs Red. I think the lyrics went something like, no matter how many times I wash these hands, they can't get clean. Darkness burning deep inside of me, my only comfort not to be seen. So I'm jumping, and I forget what it goes. Anyways, but the the first line, the no matter how many times I wash these hands, they never get clean. And more I get in the space, I realize that how many people are shitbags, and the good people, <laughs> and if you consider yourself a good people, how you can't help but either rub shoulders, whether you're doing it willingly or unwillingly, Proudly or not proudly, it just you can't you can't throw a rock without hitting a fucking scumbag in the space. And um, I'm gonna get back to practicing hitting scumbags and getting in better shape. Working on myself and my mental health, giving times to those I love, like my beautiful girlfriend and my my mother and um, my dogs. Um, you know. Getting getting them outdoors and enjoying my FJ before we all convert to EV, which I'm I'm down for, and I'm, I'm bummed Toyota, as a Toyota fan, that they're they're they've been actually one of the hardest lobbying against that. But I will be a hypocrite as I enjoy, as I as I build up my rig uh, to try to be as fuel efficient as possible. But I really just want to get it a, uh, you know, have it my my zombie survival outdoor vehicle uh, to do some upcoming road trips and and. and get my dogs and, and me me away from a computer and uh, get my dogs the best out of their last of their lives. So that is my goals, folks. I'll still be hitting you here every week. We're going to get to this breakdown as we're about 20 minutes in. Um, but uh, to shout out and end these things on a positive, actually, real quick, uh, best camp of my life. Uh, great episode uh, with at Friendly Spar Pod. Uh, I believe it was uh, at Aaron Ish Jackson, Juice Jackson on the show. 
Um, I believe I've talked, I'm not sure if it was Juice or not, but I believe I've talked to someone from that show before and interacted with them. I apologize if I sound bad at communication and cultivating friendships or whatever. I'm sure they're very nice, but um, so I was like, I'm pretty sure I heard this guy before and it was a great episode. And as I go to recap Musasi and, th- and thank Musasi here, uh, I wanted to give his Musasi impression out, uh, a shout. Uh, as you guys know, uh, that's, that's you know, uh, I'm a fan of impression. That's one that I do. But whether it's like shouting out uh, Chris Medaffer on um, on a TSOV or or others, uh, you know me again. Back to back to being a, more of a journalist, even though I'm an analyst uh, than most. Uh, you know me. I can't help but give people credit when credit is due. And uh, man, I got to retire my. Uh, <laughs> I'm retiring my black belts. I'm retiring everything pretty much. I, I think I'm gonna retire my impressions too, man. He fucking killed it. Uh, great, great Musashi impression. Great podcast. Go support um, all those people and their work. So, um, also shout to Mark uh, Fellows, uh, all the YouTube commenters. Um, my man Tony C, who was asking me about my Musashi uh, advice, and uh, even though I was gonna break that down in depth, which I always do, uh, and my pick was gonna be out at Junkie, which it was and always is. Um, like I told you, especially those of you who are, are gamblers and gamblers who support this year's show, this, uh, mixedmarshallanalyst.com, uh, you know, for whether it's, uh, the click-throughs from on it or Amazon, although fuck those companies, but if you got to use them, at least kill two birds with one stone and go to mixedmarshallanalyst.com, click through, that's only two extra clips, you can continue on with your purchase for no extra cost. Uh, and a small percentage gets kicked back to this here show or the secure PayPal link at MixMarshallAnalyst.com. Again, to the right. Um, uh, those of you who hit that, I definitely give you guys first priority. Really try to get back to y'all. Uh, and Tony was asking me what I thought about Musasi. And uh, what I told him was exactly what I put in my breakdown. And that's exactly what happened. However, as much as I'm glad and I, 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 I sprinkled on Musasi inside the distance, Musasi TKO, Musasi round three. And the money line, which actually dropped to like minus two ninety midweek before it ended up closing at like four to one, which is probably where it should have been. Um, I ended up smashing that, and was going to tell you guys to smash it on the podcast on the beginning, uh, on added on an addition as I'll sometimes do. Um, and again, it, that all went to waste with the um, with the with the botched recording last week. So I felt extra bad because there's plenty of other people that support the show. Um, that probably could have used that information. So hopefully, you listeners out there still read my breakdowns, still look at my picks at Junkie, because they did not lead you wrong. Because um, my only other play was Ray Cooper at plus 100. So it was a clean sweep, man. It was a clean sweep. It was a nice little bump in the old bank account there, which was needed after the tough breaks that we've been getting. Um, and um, and again, to show the... Uh, to show the... Uh, Hopefully I didn't, didn't piss um <laughs> because again you know say what you will <laughs> about some of the common culprits you know who uh, consistently you know have been uh, some of my best friends through life in general much less just uh, most sympathetic to these causes whether you know Asian mental health or whatnot it's uh you know not not to make it a race thing but again I want to balance it out and say you know balance it out there. And it's it's uh it's been the white dudes, you know what I'm saying? So I know white dudes get a lot of shit, but uh, I also try to give you all your credit, and so not just balance out with positive. Uh, real quick, one minute movie review. Watched Paper Tigers, which again it it was nice to make light of the topics that kind of been bumming me out from traditional martial arts to uh, you know, just having you know white dudes telling me what is and what isn't whether what is racism and what is traditional martial arts and just having to constantly hear these things from <laughs> the same people paper tigers plays off that well one of my favorite characters this guy carter uh, or not guy because this character's name is carter and uh, i'll just leave it at that and it's just it's hilarious it's the classic like you know it, it, he speaks more chinese than, than the actual chinese guys in the movie it's 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 awesome, and then you know they also make light. Uh, you know they they really bring back the kung fu genre uh, in modern times and have a really unique take on it, which was fun. If you don't take it too seriously, of course. Um, and I'll just say this: the '90s montage in the beginning. It's on Netflix, folks. Um, the '90s montage in the beginning 
uh, was just amazing because it just they did it VHS style. And really well done considering it was super low budget because it took him nine years to make because it was an Asian director. And like fresh off the boat or up in Korea, Kim's Convenience, these things end up getting whitewashed behind the scenes um, at the very least. And they tried to do that with this, but this they stayed true. Um, and they have strong you know, Asian uh, cast uh, as well uh, in front of the camera and behind it, which is great. Um, and they just do a great job. There's just this 90s montage of them coming up and dojo busting and fucking up all these uh, traditional martial arts schools. And it just really brought me back to, not that I did that, but um, brought me back to my youth um, with uh, friends that I grew up with, the Wong brothers. Shouts to the Wong brothers. They were brown like me and they were uh, more Italian, but, uh, you know, hapa like me, half white, half Asian, as we call in Hawaii, or you know, mix, right? Um, but, uh, yeah. Um, and it's really reminded me of the days growing up with them and competing on the regionals and nationals as we were getting up to our uh, black belts um, in the early 90s. So uh, go check out Paper Tigers. It's just a fun, wholesome watch. I would say hopefully I would didn't lose too many listeners there uh, as I went too long, but fuck it. It's my third time recording. And like I said, I'm spraying the room on the way out. I'm I'm so done. If, you, if, if, you, if you've been tuning in this far to this episode or been listening to me this long, you're you're a boy uh, or a girl. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> wow, damn. Or, wow, now i got to cover everything. God damn it. I'm digging myself a hole here. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're one of the pals. You're one of my people. There we go. There we go. You're one of my people. Um, and, and you're, you know... You're a better per- I don't want to say you're a good person because that would insinuate that I'm a good and, and, and I'm, I'm a person who's working on myself and needs to work on myself. But you're a better person than I, so thank you. Um, so, all right, on that note, we're going to get to this uh, breakdown here. 2650. Wow, I can't write with that, Dan. <laughs> well, yeah, all right, 2650. Mental note, I guess. Good job, Dan. Um, all right. UFC of Vegas. You see an ESPN 29, aren't we? Alright, Jared Cannon, you're minus 144, Calvin Gaston plus 122. I initially came in looking to uh, to bet the dog. I'm still trying to find a pen here. Um, to bet the dog, but um, yeah, man, Gastelum has just been too inconsistent even for his staunchest defenders, which I don't know if I was, but I certainly have defended him. And not that I, you know, am abandoning him on the sidewalk, but I am picking Cannoneer here. Cannoneer here. Uh, uh, Reluctantly, though. Um, It's weird, you know, he's arguably the less durable fighter, but I'm going to pick him and pick him by decision. Uh, Just because, uh, you know, at a certain point, Kelvin had a nice knockdown to knockout ratio, but now it's... Like, he's only knocked down or knocked out seven of his last 14. So it's only at, like, 500. And um, uh, a strong trend to the negative at that, right? So you also have um, southpaw records with Cannonier actually as a negative southpaw record. He's one and two with two knockout losses. And, you know, his only win was the aged Anderson Silva, right? So you could definitely look at that. However, he gets a lot of southpaw looks, at least with Ben Henderson, his coach, who obviously is coaching him really well with uh, the calf kicks and leg kicks that he can do from each stance, or no matter what stance his opponent takes, which I think is going to be real apropos to this fight, given how Gaslam has always been undersized, but particularly in the legs, and he hasn't really faced dedicated leg kickers, though um, he's actually gotten his legs more and more beat up over the years and at a higher clip, which, by the way, Literally every opponent who's thrown leg kicks in Gaslam's UFC career have landed him at a 90 percentile clip or upward. So that was a big swaying factor for me. Judges aren't as bad at not accounting for that. And whether it's on, excuse me, the legs or the face, I think that the damage on Gaslam's going to show more. And especially from the Las Vegas crop of judging who are following criteria, but following criteria and uh, uh, and awarding damage to the point where they're borderline ignoring grappling. Um, I think that's going to favor Cannoneer. Um, again, not just on the damage equation, but on the other side, the grappling equation, which 
Could be how Gaslam wins this fight, especially if he can get a submission, right? Um, no one should be surprised if he can perform a stymie ga- grappling uh, performance. He's got the durability in the gas tank, too. However, even looking at his more, by memory at least, stereotypical, like when he really stuck to the grappling performances and got those submissions, which were early on in his UFC career, even when you go back to look at those, like Uriah Hall or um, Brian Melanson, with, Melanson, which was a, a club and sub, uh, and with Hall, he stood with Hall a, a lot more than I remembered. I was very surprised. Um, and that's kind of what Kelvin's always done. His striking has evolved, but he's kept a similar hop cadence. And he, with his grappling, um, he's also had a certain uh, rhythm about him where he will both pursue and ensue if the other person initiates the scrambles. Uh, he's good off the front headlock and can take him back and can close the show like he did with Jake Ellenberger, which I believe with his last submission win, right? Um, however, uh, when those things don't happen, he scrambles to the point of almost detriment and there's not a lot of control time there. He is a black belt under the 10th planet, you know, but... Um, <laughs> Jesus, don't make that joke, Dan. Um God damn it! I had my friends grapple at the ten plan in Las Vegas location. Anyways, let's let's. Um, they're all cool. Anyway, let's. Eddie Bravo. Okay, that's the elephant in the room. All right, so I don't fucking step on anyone's toes listening to this. Yeah, Jesus, that guy. I'll leave it at that. Um, but I mean, but yeah. Um, I don't know. You know, uh, I think what's more. What's more, you know, not materialistic, uh, of more material value. I think is that. He has shown a trend to wrestle more, and spent um, uh, part of this camp with his new new best bud with uh, Henry Cejudo, who he said had a lot of influence. So I'm actually expecting Gaslam to wrestle, and even if he's not expecting to wrestle, I suspect Cannonier's power will bring that about him. Um, but Cannonier has gotten not just better at scrambling and get ups and takedown defense, but the classic John Crouch MMA lab imprints. He does the turtle turn away, fight the hands, uh, use the fence. And that's going to be good against a guy like Gaslam. Um, unless Gaslam's really able to, instead of abuse the turtle or the brief turtle with a, a back take, a fr- chain off his front headlock series. That's where, that's what can also give way from turtling to your base. And that's where Gaslam and the fighter in the co-main event um, can do their best work from. However, uh, Cannoneer, even early Cannoneer, getting dominated. Give him credit where credit's due against, you know, light heavyweight, uh, garage weight champ, shouts to the MMA analysis, Glover Teixeira, uh, wasn't able to put him away. You know what I'm saying? Um, so I don't know about, you know, arguable welterweight Kelvin, Kelvin Gastelum, right, in that respect. So... Uh, and then again, you factor in what the judges are, are awarding, it essentially comes down to Kelvin's going to have to put him away, you know? And not that he can't ground and pound, or he's not powerful there. He certainly is. But because he scrambles so much, and he's not the positional guy, and if anything, he'll go for submissions, the opportunities to punch aren't as there as much as you think they would be for him. So I'm not sure he's going to... In other words, I'm not sure he's going to win the judges over there. Uh, so I'm going to go with Cannonier by decision. You can get a decent plus number if you want to sprinkle for fun. I may, depending on how my bets go in the night. Um, but unless you're sprinkling on the dog, and I mean sprinkling light, because, again, this is not a fight I'm confident on, nor should you be, or you're sprinkling on angles like goes to the decision, which you can still get plus money there. Um, although, again, uh, Gaslam wins. I, I do think there's a, a, you know, I do think there's at least a 50 five to sixty percent chance that it's going to be by a finish if it is like a club and sub of sorts Uh, because cannoneer has been rocked uh gaslam although he doesn't do it despite almost winning the belt from izzy um hopefully he got reminded of that uh that cross kick double attack that uh whitaker fucking nailed him a whole bunch and cannoneer with as well because he could hit cannoneer with that um you know he, he i think fourth round he knocked izzy with that um and, you know, whether it's kicks or punches, shots from the left side outside of Sean Jordan's check hook. Again, he was a southpaw up at heavyweight. Um, left hands have disproportionately 
or left-sided attacks, I should say, have disproportionately been the common culprit for Cannoneer. So, again, unless you're sprinkling on the dog or playing, like, Ghost of Decision or, like, if you could find, like, an overline in the minus 130 range, uh, over, like, 3, 3.5, um, I think those are kind of your range of, of angles. Um, I haven't played, and I'm not really looking to play them, honestly. I just may sprinkle from having a good night kind of a deal. We'll see how I'm feeling. Co-main event. Uh, Michael Ma Marco Madsen water please water hey who's who, do, who does a Marco Madsen impression huh <laughs> tell me that yeah Dan go flex your hipsterness because you know that's worked well see the beginning of your podcast um, yeah uh, he's minus 154 Clay Guida plus 130 um, yeah um, fucking Um, I, I was looking to bet Guida here because it feels like a trap spot. But when you have stylistic, um, what was the word I was looking for? Uh, when you have stylistic uh, analysis uh, backed up by uh, statistics, um, I can't help but go with this one. And not only does Clay Guida traditionally do really bad against wrestlers, I think the only wrestler he's beat in the last decade was Kawajiri. Uh, older Kawajiri, of course. Um, and not that I'm making excuses, but, you know, it was what it was. Uh, he pretty much loses to all wrestlers. And, or strong grapplers. Um, because strong grapplers often have guillotines. Tiago Tavares. Um, nine times. Uh, Tiago Tavares. Uh, and uh, Charles Oliveira as well in the mix there, right? Um, but, uh, yeah, Guida, and, and, you know, I could get, like, well, who's ever held Guida down, right? And Guida's a cardio machine, and Matson faded in round three. Well, Matson had a lot of injuries and broke his jaw in that last fight, and he's been through a lot since. And it is a layoff, however, again, fighters coming off a year-plus layoffs are technically winning it. A higher rate still in the 50 percentile um but he's also working at fight ready which we know how they uh kind of get fighters ready especially uh you know in the cardio department uh there um but 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 again back to the stylistic part of that 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 question posed and it's legit i get that angle but here's the thing is i'm not counting on madsen to win a decision here uh or control him and maybe he can win the decision. Don't get me wrong, because you know he's been working with Eddie Cha. We'll see how his striking comes along. Um, and uh, you know, uh, again, doing his camp down there at Fight Ready, and then when he's uh, in Den Denmark having water, uh, he's working with Martin Campman down there at Rumble Sports. So n nice technical fighter on the feet. Um, you know, knows MMA well-rounded at least, I should say. Um, so he's, uh, he's getting good training, but here's the thing. Uh, I think he's going to get, I, I think he's going to get takedowns and whether he's getting takedowns or Guida's getting takedowns, uh, it's going to open up the front headlock position. Uh, whether Guida's shooting in, which he does or is desperate and he's been hinting like, you know, because I get it. He's the more experienced guy. He's the more experienced, he's the uh, better MMA wrestler. Um, or you could make that argument, certainly, especially because he comes from folk-style wrestling, Clay Guida, whereas Madsen is a Greco guy. I hear Ed Gallo. Boo, Greco. <laughs> Love you, Ed. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, and Greco, of course, you guys, uh, uh, said Ed Gallo would give it better definition but um attacking the legs like they do in folk you cannot do greco of course a uh, upper body focused uh upper body centric form of wrestling right and you look at mark madsen's takedown uh takedowns he pretty much chains everything right in that a lot of that in that range um not that he can't shoot or push forward um he's certainly aggressive he will uh count i've seen him counter off of kicks to get takedowns before um which is good um, so it's not, you know, and, and I'm sure he's working on these things, but I get the, that wrestling argument. However, uh, Clay could get himself into trouble because he has a thing about, you know, uh, uh, Clay's the Energizer Bunny and, 
you know, uh, his chin, you know, more often than not holds up really well. His cardio, all these things, you know. And I know these. Clay's got black belt defense, which was like that 2009 commentary talking point. But the truth is, whether it was like 2000, you know, uh, seven against uh, Roger Huerta, or any other time in his career, if you grab his neck, Clay will tap fast. You know, for as resilient as he is, man, and he is, obviously, his career, in the fight, all these metrics, not taking away a clip from Clay Guida. But if you grab his neck, he'll belt tap. And a dude with gorilla grip strength who has all his submissions wins come by the way, minus like two arm bars from literally almost 20 years ago that Clay Guida lost by all his other submissions, which is 10 submission losses divvy out between guillotines and rear naked chokes. All of Madsen's submission wins are by guillotine or rear naked choke because, again, he's a wrestler that works really well off the front headlock. So whether he takes Guida down and he scrambles, like I'm sure many many are predicting, well, how does Guida scramble? He turtles to his base. And, again, what does that give? It gives, like I said in the previous breakdown for the main event, it gives back takes or front headlocks. And you're going to see a lot more of those in the weight class that Guida competes in, hence his submission losses to fighters who can competently do that, especially because they can either make him pay because they're submission aces and or underrated wrestlers like Charles Oliveira, Chucky Olives, or they're just better wrestlers like every person who beats him in his career for the most part. So I'm going to go with Matson for my pick, and I went with Matson by submission. Um... I think like 0.62 or some weird, pretty much like half a unit. I put a little north personally. Uh, I, I didn't need to. It's just the way it worked out for me. Uh, but yeah, pretty much 0.5 unit uh, for the official books there. Plus 550 Madsen by submission. Um, that's going to be in my odds checker article as well. And to when the stats back it up, I want to give a shout here. Um, according to, and I want to credit, because give credit where credit's due. And this guy follows me. Uh, at Monk MMA. Addicts, but it's at Monk MMA, and that A doubles for Addicts. So uh, M O N K M M A T I C S, and pretty much he, he shot out a tweet that said uh, Guida wins thirty eight percent, roughly thirty eight percent of his fights were his opponents. He only wins thirty eight percent of his fights where his opponents attempt two or more takedowns. Only attempt, right? Whereas Madsen, by the way, um, attempts like 12.9 or something in 15-minute uh, affairs. So, shouts to that stat, and that kind of backs it up, uh, too. There's going to be plenty of scrambles afoot. Plenty of opportunities to grab that neck. Um, all right, uh, next fight. Um, Chase Sherman, minus 190. Parker Porter, plus 160. Uh, I didn't tape this fight, and I avoided it. It's heavyweight. Uh, rooting for Porter, but I picked Sherman to just kind of outwork him down the stretch. Um, but if Porter could beat up his leg, Porter, Jesus Christ, Dan, Porter can beat up his legs. Uh, I think he can do some stuff there. He's a better jiu-jitsu fighter on paper, but and it is a small cage, but um, from what I've seen of Porter, I haven't seen a consistent, heavy, slash reliable um, wrestling. Not that he can't, but he, he seems like, in other words, he seems like he, he will... Uh, he will engage in some swinging. He's not afraid to do that, so we'll see. Uh, I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with Sherman though. Uh, no play, kind of on my avoid there. Uh, Alexander Brantoja uh, minus one seventy eight. Brandon Royville plus one fifty. This isn't on my avoid list because they're uh, solid sample sizes, and to be kind of reductive, you can just look at it that Brantoja has never been stopped, and Royville has only won one decision. So unless he becomes the first person to stop Pantoja, Pantoja will probably win um, as he puts out more volume on the feet. Um, even though uh, Royville is a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, I believe Pantoja is a black belt as well and does have some uh, Brazilian state Jiu-Jitsu titles and competition titles. Uh, obviously a really great back taker, which is great if you're betting on a guy and you want him to kind of seal that round. Um, Royville also, I'm not sure if his body you know, is is uh we'll see how it holds up as far as durability he did is coming off a shoulder surgery and that could ha perhaps be for the better um 
I kind of want to sit back and enjoy this one, but I also feel like you could swipe in Pantoja for either of the two parlay pieces that I give out in my article and that I'm going to give you guys here. The pick is Pantoja. I'm going to pick him by decision. I know there's an inside the distance number out there that looks super sexy. Um, and I mean that, but I, I just don't know if, if he's going to do it. I don't know if I want to play it. So I'm probably going to just sit back and enjoy that one. Um, next fight, Austin Hubbard, uh, Vince B from hell, Pichel, minus 108. Um, Jesus. Vince Pichel has, like, Sean Strickland vibes for me, man. <laughs> Something about, they just, just like little, not little by any means, but they're like pit bulls that are just fucking hardwired to just violence is the, violence is reward, reward is violence. Violence is reward. Reward is violence. And despite having no martial arts background, he really pushes through with that man. He is a born fighter. He will fight for your money. He will dog fights out. Um, and that's usually how Austin Hubbard gets back into fights. Austin Hubbard, much more cleaner, got a nice little hop step to his uh, striking. But Bichel has kind of seen it, it all and overachieves. Um I really want to bet Pichel here, and now that it's even money, I feel like I could more than justify it, considering that I think he opened at minus 160. But I think we might get plus money, so I'm part of me is being greedy. If it's plus money, I definitely pull, am going to pull the trigger for my straight play. I may still pull the trigger at minus 108. Um, but the pick here is Pichel, because uh, he's not going to tire in that third round. He's not going to get discouraged, and he's a dog um, that'll that'll fight it out until he gets stopped. And, oh, and he's training at Rival Colorado Gym. Not Rival Gym, but, you know, the other big gym in Colorado, um, Mark Montoya, whereas he was gym hopping all this time. So that's going to be real interesting. Um, and he's got a lot of people in his weight class, just above his weight class, or just as below his weight class to work with. Um, yeah, so I'm talking myself into a show, but I may just play him. We'll see. Hopefully I can get a decent line on the houses that I play at. Uh, I definitely don't want to play any more than minus 110. got to be minus 110 or below. Um, it'll probably be by decision. I'll look at that number um, as well. Uh, I'll look at it right now, actually. Dan, you have it in front of you, dummy. Uh, if I goes to decision, minus 210. Uh, Bichel, by decision. Plus number, plus 195, yeah. I may have to sprinkle on that, too. Um... All right, I'll try to remember to, to shout that uh, with an asterisk, of course, because I haven't officially played it. But that's definitely where I'm looking. Uh, Trevin Jones, minus 146. Um, uh, Sid Yukob Kharmanov, um, plus 124. Probably butchered that name. Um, not too familiar with this kid. I haven't had time to look at him. I picked Trevin Jones for staff picks, so I'll stick with it here. But this fight could be fireworks from uh, from 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 uh, what I'm seeing, and um, and yeah, I'll I'll go with the guy who was originally scheduled. No play, gonna stay away. Same with the next fight: Luis Saldana minus one twenty-two, Austin Lingo plus one hundred four. Saldana, I keep forgetting about, as I did this fight too, and I didn't get around to him. And I think I even wrote him up in Contender Series or something, right? That's where he fought. Um, yeah, both these guys like the box. Um, except Lingo maybe a little bit more of that kind of wrestle box style from what I remember. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll go with Saldana. Not worth, I mean, they're both, you know, you're getting plus money or playable chalk, so you can play it if you want, but it's it's on my avoid because I didn't tape it, so I'll just shut up, yeah? Um, Brian Kelleher, minus 174. Domingo Pilarte, plus 146. Um... This one's actually going to have the first leg of my parlay. I went with Brian Boom Kelleher, who is 4-1 against UFC-level Southpaws. Um, the Southpaw he did lose to in the UFC was Montel Jackson, uh, who was a long Southpaw like this. So I get hesitancy there. And if you count Andy Main, who was a long, I believe, Southpaw, the very least switch dance fighter, because when I was at Alliance, I know... I still don't get, but Miles Jury brought him in for Gomi, so they were doing rounds. Anyways, um, <clears throat> and he lost via guard, uh, and you know arm bars, and that 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 are, is the thing that uh, Polarte does. But if Polarte doesn't get an arm bar here, 
Allah off a Kimura trap. He does like the Kimura too. So hopefully Keller learned. Like I tell you folks, see Rose. Oh, that's such a great knockout. See Rose uh, versus Andrage, uh, Andrage 1. Um, you know, you always. That's what you, you do right. You always slam to the Kimura side um, to break the grip. Uh, Kelleher made the mistake and slammed opposite of the Kimura side which allowed Cheeto to roll into an armbar, right? A really good one, too. Um, so as long as he learned from that, I think he should roll here uh, because uh, he's gotten better not just against southpaws, but against striking in general. Whether he's fighting southpaws or orthodoxes even, he's been really favoring this darting right hand, which is going to be great for a guy who throws an obvious check right hook that he can get under and really favors the left kicks a la Luke Rockhold, like Bisping said, which is totally true, by the way. So I think there's a lot of looks and not a, not a lot of substance there. Hence, Journey Newsome. Sounds like such a, you know, I know Goldberg never said that name, but it sounds like a very Goldberg name. Like, knocked him stiff. And again, you know, he's coming off that and the year-plus layoff, which you shouldn't condemn him for. Um, oh, by the way, Pantoja 2-2 two and two against UFC South Boss. Um, the parlay, by the way. No sub and they win parlay? Yes, that's what this one's called. We'll get to the second leg. Or the second, third leg. Jesus Christ, Dan, don't go there. Don't go there. Um, but yeah, uh, Kelleher is, um, you know, uh, he's gotten better with the striking, not just with, you know, overall and those things that can lead, like the darts that could be useful against the style of Southpaw, but against a long guy and a tall guy who cuts a ton of weight, which I'll get to in a second too. Um, Kelleher's been doing uh, much better. Of course, I could always say more body. That's what I'll always say. But he has been doing much better going to the legs and the body, which I think is going to be huge against a guy um, like Pilarte. And Pilarte, who is six foot and now entering his 30s, like 31 now, so he's at toward the end of the, the the prime and getting into the older man years, the man-man years, right? Um, uh, to be six foot cutting to 135, I don't think that's good. I know he looks ripped and jacked going into this fight, but he also looks like he's almost more ripped and jacked and thicker, which is like, plus he's getting older, that makes sense. But I also imagine that's going to make for a hard cut, um, which even though he's shown the propensity to come back, he's also kind of perpetually looking gassed. And even if he's not as gassed as he looks, we've seen it before, folks. <clears throat> you can shoot yourself in the foot. You can win around and still lose it off your body language. As unfair and un as un wrong as that is, it happens. Um, and this guy's can I've seen him look gassed in multiple round ones, Polarte. And if there's a potential chin issue there uh, with a Newsom knockout, um, like that's bad, especially for a guy that's like been finding his knockout power or later in his career and the fact that Pilarte will kind of take some really desperate long shots he really opens himself up for guillotines i know he's never been stopped uh, or subbed before um but um i think that's just uh, again that false sense of security of his length that got him hurt on the feet i think that can get him hurt there too because he goes for front chokes a lot with his long arms he likes to threaten the ninja choke i think because he has that offense i think he overestimates perhaps his defense um, and again, if you want to accuse anybody of going headfirst in a submission, that's Boom Kelleher. That's definitely Pilarte's route, but he could also get tagged with a submission coming in too, is what I'm saying. I mean, Kelleher got Yuri Alcantara, right? Uh, one of his Southpaw victories there. He got him with a, a, with a guillotine. So no one should be surprised if he's able to sub Pilarte. He can knock out Pilarte, and he can also win the decision because Pilarte always goes to split decisions and lose most of the decisions that does get there, which is at a low percentage in what is much less experience. So I'm going to go with a more experienced guy with more ways to win and the positive record against Southpaws. I believe Kelleher will get it done inside the distance. Um, maybe I'll sprinkle on that line. I'm sure it's a plus number. Uh Hopefully, we'll see. Let me just... Well, Dan, you have it in front of you, dumbass. Let's go now. Um, Kelleher inside the distance, plus 100. Oof. Gotta try to find that now, then. Um, yeah, I'll probably sprinkle on that, but he is the uh, the first leg of the pallet. Um, oh, wow. All right. Second leg, or, you know, third leg, depending on perspective. William Knight, thick Willie, thick Willie, baby. It's thick Willie time. Minus 174, Fabio Chirot, plus 146. By the way, folks, 
again, let me call myself out here. Um, you know, just like uh, is done to uh, my people's women with the Asian women, you know. Uh, y- y- yes, y- y- perhaps I'm not. I'm definitely not being sensitive uh, to uh, the sexualization of or fetishization of uh, black men. I'm not trying to support that. And in my defense, as you can see in top fives, with like uh, shout out to uh, my Jewish brother from another mother, Ben Cohn, who's got a fight coming up. Fucking wishing him all the best vibes. I know he's gonna kick ass. As we do with Talk Five Thick Fighters, uh, as you can see, we t- we talk about dicks of uh, pretty much all fighters. Uh, shouts to MMA analysis. I know they <laughs> they don't discriminate in the D department either. You know, shouts to hashtag Musasi for later uh, for what Ben brought up. Uh, you know, you know, he just got a win, right? He, Musasi's got that BDE, right? All right. How about, how about Benny Dariush? I talk about his. So I spread it around, folks. So for what that's worth, I I will admit and, and bring awareness to that issue but at the same time it's in fun folks we're just trying to keep this fun even even uh shout out to tyson shardier even uh william knight thick willie's manager uh retweeted uh it's thick willie fight week and i had a video attached to paul feller talking about spreading his chicken and how you don't want it and jan Anik doesn't want thick willie on top of him and like that got like shared so like, it's all good fun folks all right this is this is let's keep it you know, I know I fucking am I'm the bum out parade up off the top of the show. Um, depression's a motherfucker. Sorry about that, folks. But it doesn't mean I'm not trying, okay? <laughs> I'm not trying to keep shit fun. Uh, but no, uh, in all realness, I'm, I'm a fan of Fabio Charand as well, especially the story of him losing his mother. The diversity that this man's been in that probably brought him to fighting. Uh, so I'm very sympathetic and, 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 and want to root for him on a personal level because of his story. But unfortunately, uh, this cat was just catapulted off of winning a fight that he was a dog in after a failed contender series bout in LFA, I believe, for the title, right? And in not these not the deepest divisions, you're gonna get catapulted. And I know obviously Thick Willie is not like top tier, much less or mid tier, much less top tier, right? Uh, not saying you can't get to that middle tier. Or anything like that, or work his way out to the tour of the top. I'm just saying, like, uh, you know, let, let's be real here. But it is UFC, for whatever that's worth. I know that's been watered down, but um, it's it's an unforgiving class and stage. I think that's that's the point. You know, it's a finisher's weight class. It's big guys, pretty much, that are heavy hitting. It's the big stage. Everyone's watching. It's unforgiving from that perspective, obviously. Um, and uh, I just think that. His southpaw kind of counter game and allowing guys to push him to the fence uh, and like grabbing on for guillotines. Like, unless he gets a guillotine, again, back to my note, no sub and they win parlay, right? Unless he gets a guillotine, which is like his apparently his move, um, then I think Th- Thick Willie should win this fight because, um, you know, I mean, and again, you got to get around the head of Thick Willie. That's a it's quite a head to wrap around, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know if you want well, what's going to come out from that reward either. But, uh, <laughs> Jesus, Dan. Okay. Wow. Immature humor. See, I just want me being immature than anything. So that's, uh, that's the problem right there. Um, <laughs> Jesus. But yeah, uh, we're already right, almost approaching an hour here. I'm going to push through. But yeah, um, if you look at how many times he gets guillotined or even gets like a good grab on a guillotine or a deterring grab, much less. Uh, to how many times he grabs for it. It's, it's a really low percentage. Uh, I don't think he's going to get it. I am worried that Thick Willie was doing those Cain Velasquez leg presses with his uh, Latina strength and conditioning co- uh, girlfriend slash coach uh, cheering him on when she really should be going, calmate, Willie, calmate. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Thick Willie, I guess he can just he can get away with it. He's just so damn thick. I don't know how this guy fits in his shorts. Um you know, he is 0-1 in the Venom fight trunks, so we'll see about that. Hopefully, uh, you know, you got to you gotta make room for a... <laughs> Venom's got to make room for two snakes in those things, you know what I'm saying? Not even like snakes, like pythons, right? I mean, anaconda don't want none in it unless you've got buns, hon. I mean, you gotta you got to be able to facilitate guys like Thick Willy Venom. Come on. Uh, although... Maybe that's not a surprise, uh, you know, apparently there's no racist ties to that guy. Wow, you can't throw a rock without hitting one in MMA, folks. Uh, but I paired Thick Willie, minus 180, uh, minus 180, minus 180, get, got me plus 141 for one unit. Uh, you can sub in some Pantoja maybe for a leg there if you don't like either of the legs that I took. 
or perhaps um, a leg of the fight after the one I'm about to talk about. Bay Malecki, minus 162. Josiane Nunez, I apologize if I pronounced that wrong, plus 136. I usually try to get the pronunciations right, and it helps to watch tape. I did not on these fighters, according to their bios. They both come from Muay Thai backgrounds, though Malecki seems a little bit more palpable. She has a little more experience. Uh, but uh, who knows what Nunez is going to bring to the table. Uh, Maleki is uh, coming off the layoff list. She's the favorite. Favorite, uh, you know, people coming off a one year plus layoff. We're still winning at a 58% clip. I'll take Maleki. I avoided it, though. If it's going to be a striking match with the ladies, um, it could come down to how the judges are interpreting it. We know how that goes. Uh, all right, we got um, Roosevelt Roberts, minus 146. Ignacio Bahamundes, plus 124. Um, I don't know if it's overcorrecting because Roberts has been over, you can't really argue it whether you're supportive of his or not. The dude's been overinflated consistently at the betting window. Um, because he's, I think it's because he looks, he looks incredible for his experience level, and that deceives guys because they don't realize how inexperienced he actually is. And we, we've been watching him learn on the fly, so even some of those losses look bad, like where he admits that he. He uh, he he says he gave up after he lost to Vince Michelle. And then, of course, he's coming off two really bad losses where he's texting Michael Bisping before he comes out. Don't text Bisping, Roberts. Um, and it's for that reason. It's like I was looking to play Roberts straight up, but then I missed the dog money, so it wasn't worth it. And then I was going to look at a parlay him with either one of the two, which if you do or want to add him on, you can get plus 308. Or if you add Pantoja on, plus 276 or all four. Plus 535 um, for funsies if you're that kind of style of player. I don't recommend that, though. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, I just I don't know if I can trust the guy. So I, I still, you know, playable chocks minus 150. I feel like it's still there off those terms. And, you know, Baja Mundes, he's really young and inexperienced, too. And uh, I hate to be rude, um, you know, but he does, you know, come from a a camp slash coach that you know, I don't think has, has, has the best record if we're, you know, playing funsy fade games and looking at the numbers. Um, so I'm definitely, you know, picked Roberts for this one. Uh, but he's just, he, he's so inconsistent. You know, he, he could get uh, rocked and maybe knocked out. This is the guy, but it probably going to have to be some like a liver shot or some like perfect spinning like Edson Barbosa, Terry Adams style kick to put to put Roberts out because Roberts seems really durable and unbothered as far as that aspect goes, and Baja Mendes um, can put numbers on him, but his defense isn't great. And Roberts, you know, hits hard enough to score with judges, uh, whether or not he can get like knockouts or not. And he is pretty good wrestling. He can counter off kicks and gets takedowns. Level changes can change levels against the fence. Can get takedowns from the clinch. Like, his wrestling is, is pretty surprising, and I think that's going to win him the fight here. He should do it. He's fought in the Apex. He's did it in the Apex. He's won in the Apex. But he's also been just had real bonehead moments in the Apex as well. So it's tough. I'm definitely picking him here. It's just whether I trust him enough to play him. Um, you know, uh, I, I feel like, you know, Bahamundes says, you know, shots to uh, Aaron Bronstetter's uh, interview with uh, Bahamundes. He says that he does better um, against taller fighters. He prefers it. But he hasn't fought as many as Roosevelt Roberts. And Roosevelt Roberts uh, has won those fights more than he's lost those fights for sure against tall fighters. Um, and Baja Mendes, all his training camp footage is all like shorter guys. So I don't know what tall guys he's training with even. So, yeah, Roberts... I just, I just don't know if I could trust to play him, but I may be looking to. I may play, put something small for funsies. We'll see. We'll see. I may add him on for a fun parlay. We'll see. We'll see. Nothing serious if I do, small if I do. Uh, lastly, but not leastly, Ramiz Brahimaj, minus 136. Um, Sasha Palatnikov, uh, plus 116. Um, Palatnikov, despite having some tournament creds on his bio, is... There's more kickboxing stuff and striking stuff on his bio for a reason. As we saw, um, just that porous defense. Um, Brahimaj, even though he's only lists himself as a blue belt in BJJ, of course, eight wins by submission, disproportionate wins by submission. Small cage, I'm going to take him there too. But I'm not super confident in it. We'll see. 
Um, no plays. I avoided that one. All right. Recapping from the top. Taking Cannoneer. Cannoneer over Gastelum. Taking Matson Walter over Guida. Taking Sherman over Porter. Taking Pantoja over Royville. Taking Bichel. Vermeil, Bichel. Over uh, Hubbard. Uh, taking Jones over Chacharmanov. Taking Saldana over Lingo. Taking Kelleher over Pilarte. Taking Thick Willy over Sherratt. Taking Malecki over Nunez. Taking Roberts over Bahamundes. Taking Brachimaj over Palatnikov. Uh, Parlay Thick Willy and Kelleher for plus 141 at one unit. Uh, I'm probably going to play Pichel, um at minus 108 or minus 110 if I can get it, although I would rather wait for plus money. Um, Matson by sub, plus 550 for 0.5 units. Uh, again, I may look at Kelleher inside. And what was the other thing I was looking at playing? Um, possibly. I fucking forgot. I fucking forgot. But, yeah, go listen to the episode. You got it all there, folks. Uh, uh, Amazon on it, PayPal at mixedmarshallanalyst.com if you want to support this free shit show, which sadly isn't going anywhere. Um, hit me up in the DMs at Dan Tom MMA if you just, you know, again, I, I appreciate you supporters. Those of you who tip me, stop tipping because y'all tip enough, but you know, feel free to, to bother me in the DMs if you need some second guesses on plays whether or not there's going to be an episode because you probably got to wait to the end of the week for it, right? 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 Uh, YouTube, Daniel Tom MMA. Uh, I guess give the video a like, subscribe if you want. I don't give a fuck. Um, Apple Podcast. Thanks for the five star ratings and reviews, but you know it's whatever. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, genuinely, thank you. Sorry for listening, you fucking bitch. And uh, apologies if I offended you. It's not my means. I just am offended from this space. Aside from y'all, uh, thank you for listening. Genuinely wish you good luck on your picks and plays. Hope you kick some ass at the window and always protect. Mm-hmm.